award-winning Tennessee Wildcast is on the air with the latest on hunting, fishing, boating, wildlife watching, and all things outdoors. Make welcome your host, drummer and outdoor expert novice, Jason Harmon. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Tennessee Wildcast. We're glad you're tuning in. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. we got a great show lined up for you today. It's going to be a little bit of CWD, a little CWD update. It's been a while since we've had some folks around the table here to talk about uh, CWD. So anyway, we're here with uh, Dan Grove. He is our TWRA vet, as well as a UT Extension Assistant Professor. Kind of filling in for Don today. We'll call you the co-host. <laughs> Works for me. <laughs> Don's on special assignment today, so we've got somebody standing in. And then we have Jeremy Dennison. He's our CWD field coordinator. And then Garrett Clevenger, deer coordinator, which is new to the agency, and we'll get more into that later, maybe. Glad you guys are here. Appreciate you uh, joining us. We're going to dive into all this fun stuff we're going to talk hunting regulations cwd zones um you know how the twra is fighting cwd or trying to fight cwd we're going to talk about labs results all that fun stuff today to get you guys up to date i appreciate y'all jumping in glad to be here thanks for having me all right so we'll start with regulations um the hunting guide just came out not too long ago and uh People are reviewing that, and they're flipping through the book, and they're seeing all these changes. Not too many changes, but a few changes in the hunting regulations. And uh, So let's jump in, and, and I'm going to pull it up on the screen, Todd, if you want to show it to folks who's, who are watching. And it uh, be a good place to start. So we're going to talk about CWD today and, uh, and, the, and the units. But um, as far as units CWD, uh, we've had a few questions come in. Mm-hmm. Few counties that were that were positive, have been positive, and some that are now considered high risk, but they don't fall under the CWD unit. So, well, one of you guys, maybe Jeremy, yeah. kind of shaking his head. I think he's got his mind around that. Will you fill people in on why that happened and what the changes happened there? Yeah, I think it's uh, yeah, it's for multiple reasons. One of which is just you know the the goals of deer management based on you know cwd prevalence are are different for for these counties that are in unit cwd versus uh some of the newer newly detected counties um we're not to the point to where we feel like some of those more uh aggressive measures are are really warranted at this point now we're we're collecting more information uh that way we can make a more informed uh, decision later on but as of right now there's been no changes to to the unit, the hunting units, uh, unit L or or unit CWD since last year. Okay, and and remind folks, uh, and I can click over to the other tab, yeah. but remind we'll remind folks which uh, which counties changed. So yeah. just recently, Dyer County changed, yeah, right? Dyer, and that's the one that kind of brought up some questions. Sure, Dyer County. Uh, we uh, we received a positive test result from Dyer County is within ten miles of Lake and Obine County, which you know by our uh, our procedure that uh, changes the county designation to high risk in Lake and O'Bine. Mm-hmm. Um, we had Hardin County as well, um, which was within 10 miles of Decatur County. So now Hardin is positive, Decatur's high risk. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, we have Wayne County uh, over in Region 2 that is, uh, is high risk as well. Yeah, because of a, uh, what was it, Alabama positive, right? Correct, correct. Yeah. There were multiple positives down in Alabama that kind of led to that change in Wayne County. So they're yeah. they're within that. Is it what ten miles? Ten mile radius? Yeah. yeah. So all right. So that that kind of clears that up. So just when you're when you're flipping through the guide or when you're on our website uh, cwdintennessee.com, uh, make sure you 
you, you look through that and read through it, um, you know, seasons are set by our commission, and the commission didn't make changes, or it's not an automatic change when a, when a county becomes positive. Right. They don't automatically go into that CWD unit, so those CWD regulations don't always apply, correct? Right, right. The transportation rules and the feeding restrictions, that's, that's the two things that are automatic. That's based on rule, um, and that's for any positive and high-risk county, you know, those two things automatically take place so that's that is a little source of confusion for a lot of people so gotcha. the maps the transportation map uh, that's on the website that is correct the hunting unit map that's on the website is correct so. right yeah because if you uh, as things change the guide may right. go out of date uh, after it's been printed but we always keep our website up to date so it follows all the current changes and and uh, we've got the site pulled up there if todd's on it i don't know but if you're watching you can see uh, the positive, the high risk, and the areas outside of Unit CWD, and uh, and you can go to that website and and see what the uh, what's approved, what's not approved, and you know the the movement of parts and, and carcasses and that and that sort of thing when right. you harvest a deer. Anything else on the regulations and the and the movement that we want to make sure is. Covered. Well, if you want to talk about the change, the changes to hunting regs and Unit CWD. Sure, that I think that's good. Yeah, yeah, let's let's hear so, about that. Um, Within unit CWD, the antler bag limit was increased to three, so they, you know, hunters can kill three bucks uh, antler deer uh, within unit CWD. Um, the season was also extended through January 31st um, to allow more opportunity for, for deer harvest um, later in the year. Um, the third change was to the Ernabuck uh, program. Uh, previously, you had to uh, harvest and submit two uh, antlerless deer to earn additional buck tags. Um, now that's just uh, one one antlerless one doe mm -hmm. gets you an additional uh, buck. So. Okay, awesome. And we'll we'll touch more on those incentive programs as we move on through this show. Perfect. All right. So we've covered that. Now um, people ask us, how does TWRA fight CWD? Somebody want to jump in and kind of answer that for the folks who who asked that question. You know, how how are we fighting the spread well uh, i guess i'll jump back <laughs> in jeremy uh, you're on the hot uh, mic yeah we're gonna, we're gonna let you do it the well, cwd coordinator has first, to answer all the questions first is, you know first is through uh you know just sampling just getting the information so obviously we we rely on hunters uh primarily for for sample collection either submitting uh you know if they're they process their own deer they submit uh, their sample one way mm -hmm. uh, if they take their deer to a processor or a taxidermist and they want to have it sampled we have the mechanism for that so we have that network in place to provide the opportunity um, for as many people who want to get their deer tested um, and we use that's important information for us for you know for management so and one of the other ways obviously we just talked about hunting regulations is to uh, basically make it uh, encourage people to hunt more mm -hmm. um, you know given that we have CWD over such a large area at this point in time uh, the, to be effective at managing a disease at that level it really requires a lot of participation from the hunting public and so the regulations are actually geared at making it easier to harvest animals and and actually are geared at uh, harvesting those types of animals that are more likely to spread the disease so that's why we increase um, opportunities for harvesting bucks and things like that um, but we also need the additional information from does, and so that's kind of why that incentive program, the Earn-A-Buck program, kind of exists because, you know, we don't want to just focus on sampling bucks. We want to actually sample every 
everything, mm -hmm. antlered or non-antlered. Um, and the other ways, too, obviously, we've got some after-season programs that are available for landowners. Um, and those programs enable landowners to continue to harvest animals after the season uh, through a disease management permit. Um, there still are depredation permits for folks that are having crop depredation issues that are, that are available after season. Uh, and one of the other ways, too, is we do do target removals in conjunction with USDA Wildlife Services and focal points in the periphery um, where we can actually get at the disease when it's at a really low prevalence and have more of an impact at being able to stop the spread in the in the periphery as well as keeping those uh, the prevalence numbers down. So it's an all-encompassing program that relies heavily on on hunter support, landowner mm -hmm. support, because we, we don't do any target removals without permission. Right. So we need landowner support for that. A lot of people probably don't realize 98% of the land that's out in West Tennessee is privately owned. Mm -hmm. So, you know, without the private landowners and without hunter cooperation, um, our programs wouldn't work. Yeah. Yeah. They, they play a big part. I know that's, that's said a lot around here, you know, it's couldn't do it without those hunters mm -hmm. out there and those, and those private landowners helping in those, uh, other additional ways. So yes, that's awesome. Um, Dan, I think we'll keep, on track with you, you uh, you work a lot with our labs and different things. Tell us about the testing. Uh, you know, once a deer is, is harvested, um, maybe we'll even start go back a little bit further. Once you harvest a deer, how do how do we get that sample for folks that are new to Tennessee or you know haven't heard this spill before? How do you get a sample to us to to or the deer to us to be sampled tested? Yeah. So um, again, look at our website. We continuously update the list of, of partner partners that we uh, work with, mm -hmm. processors, taxidermists, and we also have a network of uh, sample drop-off freezers that people can use. Um, basically, uh, first, make sure that all your information is correct in your account, like your email address, so we can contact you. GoOutdoorsTennessee.com. Uh, make sure that's updated. Um, and basically, if you leave, you leave your harvest information uh, with your sample, the only way we have to ensure that we get you that result is that all that information is correct. So... Mm -hmm. The confirmation numbers and name and phone number, you know, please make sure to, to, to you know, make sure all that's correct. And, um, yeah, basically we make, we make weekly, at least weekly, uh, rounds to all these different locations. In Region 1, it's about 95 different stops that we make. Wow. Um, and that's usually done two to three times a week by the CWD field crew. Mm. Uh, they are, they keep the roads incredibly hot yeah. uh, during deer season, so... Uh, we're constantly uh, getting samples in, getting them processed, getting the data collected, and and getting them out to the to the labs. So. Yeah. So tell tell us a little about the labs there, Dan. Yeah. Well, one thing I want to add on before we talk about the labs sure. is uh, statewide we actually are doing surveillance. And right. So in our regions, what we call region two, three, and four, mm -hmm. so basically middle and in, in East Tennessee um, areas, every county's got some level of surveillance that's that's going on. Uh, primarily in the other parts of the state, it's on opening day of muzzleloader and opening day of, of rifle season. Those are the biggest days, mm -hmm. a lot of deer being killed. Yeah. Exactly. And so we, we've trying more bang for our buck, no pun intended, um, to, uh, to get out there. And so we work with either a taxidermist or processors on those days or have separate check stations set up on those days. So um, if you're in the hunting in those other areas, there is surveillance that's going on and there are mechanisms uh, 
for, for you to be able to get your animals tested. And uh, with Wayne County being in Region 2, mm-hmm. uh, there's actually more of a focus, and we're going to have a bunch of freezer locations available. Um, and those are basically self-service drop-off points, uh, as well as out in Region uh, Region 1. So at this point in time, um, typically you can always take your head to a regional office mm-hmm. if you're close to a regional office and, and have it be able to be sampled there. Um, so just just something to keep in mind. Remind people about the the deer head. How many inches the neck you need to keep, or what's the, the uh, guideline? Gen- generally, we want about five or six inches of, of neck. Okay. Uh, the sample we take is actually right at the voice box, um, and so if you cut down below, kind of where that hard nodule is, right right at the back end of the jaw, mm-hmm. that'll give us uh, enough enough area to be able to get that sample out of there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So once we get that sample, um, basically it's shipped overnight to a lab. Uh, we're currently using two labs, uh, one here with the Department of Agriculture, the CE Cord Lab, based here in Nashville, and then we're also using Mississippi State uh, University's Veterinary Diagnostic Lab. Um, and so the samples will be kind of parsed out depending on which direction they need to go um, to, to either one of those two labs. And so we're working closely with those labs. Uh, you know, obviously there's, there's always going to be you know, it takes time at each step of that process, and so there's just an inherent amount of time that's built in, depending on when you harvest your animal to the point in time that it actually makes it to the lab. But in general, once it gets to the lab, it's typically within a week, uh, depending on the volume that's at the lab at that point in time, that we'll have test results back. But that could be prolonged just based on the amount of time it took to actually get that sample and then ship it to the lab and sure. and things like that. Yeah, I know what was it last year year before there was some delays in the snow and different things that that you know it was a it was a heavy traffic weekend in the woods and then weather came in and it delayed some samples getting yeah. it results in but yeah, we we are like you said burning the roads moving as fast as we can to get those those heads or get those samples and get them shipped out. Yeah, and also, like I mentioned, you know, harvest information, you know, mm-hmm. there's nothing that'll delay sample results. Like, we can't, we can't tell who this, can't get it we can't you. go, we can't tell what, you know, where this goes. So, um, yeah, that's, that's another thing to consider. And also, when, uh, you know, when somebody's, like, if they submit it through a taxidermist, if they hang on to it in their freezer and, you know, wait till, you know, later on in the year, you know, obviously that's going to stretch out that, that turnaround time. So, yeah. And one other thing to consider too, is, is that we make every effort to sample every animal that we get our hands on. Um, you know, there are going to be those animals that for whatever reason, we couldn't get a sample out of it. Um, you know, just cause the sample's destroyed or it's too far gone or right, you right. Know, for, for many different reasons. But, uh, in general, you know, we try and reach out to the hunter and let them know that we did receive your animal, but we were unable to sample it, uh, just so that they're aware of that ahead of time, so they can make their decisions based on, on, on that information. Yeah. So m- make sure you go to to gooutdoorstennessee.com and update your information. Make sure that email address is current, phone number, all that good stuff, your address, and all that's just current uh, for many reasons, but for a big one if you're hunting him. In these areas where you're getting deer tested, it's important to get those results back. Um, I, I know the lab here in, in Nashville is fairly new, so we're we're glad to have that on board and and been able to get some results here in, in the Nashville area too, right? Yeah, oh yeah. Well, this will be our third season using Cord Lab, mm-hmm. um, and uh, um, so we're we're uh, glad to be able to have them and accessible because mm-hmm. um, that does help cut down on you know turnaround time if you can drive it straight to a lab you know it makes it a little bit easier versus having to wait for uh ups or fedex or somebody else to to deliver it plus so. you mentioned the you know 
can't control everything so you know there might be staff issues at one or you know it may be a busy just a inherently busy time of the deer season around the holidays and uh, having having two avenues to get them tested is you know it's going to help us so yeah, yeah definitely definitely all right well we've kind of talked about results um do you want to touch on um you know consuming the animal and things like that and and what the cdc recommends dan yeah, yeah. um so I'll, I'll first start off with you know uh your results will be available online as soon as we get them this pretty much instantaneous that you know within an hour or so they're mm-hmm. they're being plugged in so um, you can always actually go and there's a place you can check online or you can just go into your account and it'll tell you that your results been received or where in the process your uh, your your test result actually is. Um, you'll get one of three things this year. Um, you'll either see that it's positive, not detected, meaning that the tissue that we looked at it wasn't there, um, and then also a suspect not confirmed, uh, which is a third category that we have uh, uh, this year. Uh, and uh, we can talk about that a little bit later, but ultimately with those test results, if you have a positive animal, uh, we're not the human health authorities, but we defer to the CDC for their recommendation. Mm -hmm. And their recommendation is still that if you are harvesting an animal in an area that's known to have CWD, get your animal tested. If that animal tests positive, don't consume meat from that animal. Um, At this point in time, you know, we've got that third category, suspect not confirmed. Um, And, you know, our diagnostics are the best that we have available. Yeah. Um, there can be conflicting results on diagnostics at times, and so that category um, basically is there. It's it's more of a cautionary category and, and informs us if we want to do an increased surveillance in an area. Um, but for hunters, what that actually means is you know you take caution when consuming meat from that animal also, mm-hmm. uh, just because you know. We couldn't say that it was or that it wasn't necessarily in that animal. And that doesn't happen often. It's less than a percent of a percent of a time that that actually occurs. Um, but we just want people to be more aware. And that's based on new science that's come out. Um, yeah, things are our, always changing. Tests are always improving and all that. Yeah, Exactly, yeah. And so we try and keep up to date with the new science. And we try and update our protocols accordingly. And that's what we've done this year is um, updated our protocols. And we want uh, hunters to be as well informed about you know the test results keeping in mind the tests that we do are not a food safety test right right um but we you know it it is kind of a you can use it as a guide as to you know um for your own personal choice as to what you want to do based on your test result perfect good i think that i think that covers that so now um garrett let's move into incentive programs yeah absolutely um there are many ways we're encouraging folks to get out there and hunt kill deer have fun harvest animals talk about some of the incentive programs around cwd and and how hunters can help or how we can help hunters if they're out there helping us yeah definitely i mean hunter harvest is our primary management tool essentially for this disease and so um we developed some incentive programs that are really beneficial to the hunter um we've got the fight cwd incentive program which uh, if a hunter actually does harvest a positive uh, deer then you're able to get a 75 dollars voucher um, processing voucher towards um, processing of an additional animal at some point. Okay. Um, and those um, those tags are um, are good for. I believe it's the Dan. Can you can you elaborate on that? When those vouchers are good for the seventy five dollar tags? Uh, they're good for the current yeah. season, and I believe the voucher is just good for that season. Okay, yeah. just for that that season. Yeah. 
um, harvesting two or more of those positive deer gets you in a sportsman's license, an annual sportsman's license, so that's good. Um, as we touched on already, we also have the earn a buck program, which, um, as, as Jeremy was mentioned earlier, uh, previously it was two antlerless deer that needed to be harvested uh, before uh, you could harvest an additional buck. And new this year, you can actually harvest only one antlerless deer, which gets you that additional buck that you can harvest. Okay. Um, we also have the um, replacement buck program, which is not just associated with the CWD zone, but also statewide. So any hunter that harvests a CWD positive animal or CWD positive buck, I'm sorry, um, is able to get a replacement buck tag or not. a It's not a tag, but a replacement buck right, that they're able right. to kill. <laughs> Shows up in your account, right? Right, yeah. right. Absolutely. So um, and we, those, we encourage folks to use that. Uh, that year, or it carries over to the following, correct? Correct, correct. Yeah. Yep. yep. So. The, fir- the first buck or antlered animal that you harvest the next season will be counts as yeah. the replacement. As buck. the replacement, yeah. Yeah. So right. it's automatically removed in the system. So the the joy of uh, computerized systems nowadays, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Makes and, it easy. Yeah. And it's important to mention that uh, you know a lot of folks have a lifetime sportsman's license, so um, you know those uh, sportsman's license that Garrett alluded to that can be earned by harvesting two positives those actually can be gifted okay anybody awesome. of your choosing um as well right. as the processing right. voucher right can be you know can be gifted to somebody yeah. awesome awesome i think that those are all great incentives to get people out there in the woods and and uh encourage them to hunt in those units and and even outside those units like you said with the replacement buck um one thing on the on the deer processing that i thought about you know we uh, we partner with Hunters for the Hungry. Is that program still going on, Jeremy? Do you still see that happening? Absolutely. They've actually, um, I don't know the, the exact numbers, but right. they've actually added some some partner processors, uh, partnering processors to that program the last few years. Um, you know, their protocol is, um, you know, Hunters for the Hungry will only distribute meat uh, in, in these areas that are affected by CWD uh, pending, uh, not detected test mm-hmm. results. So, um that works just fine with our our program you know we're we're visiting those processors anyways so um we work those samples right in um and they're tested just like the rest so yeah i, I think the other day they were telling us it's over 700 animals were yeah. uh, donated as part of the hunters for the hungry program last year wow yeah. so a fairly large percentage of the deer tested were, were okay to share yeah. yeah yeah there's very few that actually ended up testing positive that were donated through that program i, I can't remember the exact numbers off the top of my head but it was yeah less than like 30 so wow that's good that's good to hear for sure well i think we covered all our points anything that we want to drive home again uh you know from what we've covered uh remember the, the you know the counties which are in the unit uh those are where the uh, the hunting regulations apply, mm-hmm. and make sure you check your map. And I'll pull that tab back up for people who are um, watching. Go ahead, Dan. One, one thing to emphasize is that those incentive programs, if you harvest a positive, the voucher program and the replacement buck, and those programs are actually available statewide if you harvest a positive. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so that's you know basically so that you aren't penalized if you harvest a positive animal. And you gives you the opportunity to go out and then harvest another animal. Um, you know, those are what those programs are designed for. So those are available regardless of what the county status is. Okay. Um, throughout throughout the state. And that you know, and we're we're testing across the state. So if mm-hmm. you if you participate in those 
those uh, drop-off locations or those big weekends when we're taking samples and stuff, at, uh, you, you may very well, well, we hope not, but you might get a positive. Well, and if we do get a positive somewhere like that, you know, that incentivizes someone to go out maybe to that same county because it's uh, the replacement buck program is, you know, you cash those in in unit CWD or the county that it was harvested in. So, okay, yeah, you know, by some chance it's in a different region. We hope not again, mm-hmm. but... You know, that'll let you harvest an additional buck uh, in that county as well. Yeah, awesome. So the replacement buck is statewide, and the earner buck is only in unit CWD. That's correct. Well, like we said, make sure you check the website, uh, cwdintennessee.com. Uh, it's being updated all the time as things change and, and information comes in with new research and new things that we're doing. Uh, we're updating that, uh, updating the maps. Uh, the hunting guide is out, and it's out there as well, so... Uh, make sure you review that in the hunting seasons. Remind folks what the extensions were in unit CWD, Jeremy, because I think that's that's big. Yeah, the season is extended. The end of gun season basically runs through um, January 31st. So the whole month of January, uh, you can hunt with any weapon in, in unit CWD county. And again, check the hunting guide, make mm-hmm. sure you know where you are. So. And muzzleloader and rifle start concurrently on yep. muzzleloader opener in unit yes. CWD. That's yeah. correct. Okay. Awesome. Anything else we want to share? If not, I'm going to jump over here to Garrett. <laughs> I think I'm good. Okay. So, Garrett, new to the agency. Yeah. Glad you're here. Tell us a little about yourself, and, and uh, we got about a minute and a half or so. Tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got here, uh, your background. I'm sure you enjoy hunting. I guess that's that's why you're here, right? You're yeah. You're an outdoors guy. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm deer crazy. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> deer crazy. Deer crazy. Um, yeah, I grew up in Kentucky, so I'm, I'm making the trek south. I do have some family out in East Tennessee, so it's Tennessee. Tennessee's kind of like a second home to me. There you go. Um, but uh, No yeah. Wildcat fan, are you? Man, I hate to say it. Ah. It's, uh, it's kind of ingrained. But uh, <laughs> We try not to hold that against them. Yeah. No, uh, yeah, but I've, I've got a lot of um, a lot of relatives in East Tennessee, so there's some vols there out that way. There you so, go. Um, but yeah, yeah, just uh, finishing up school, and uh, you know, just happy to join the agency. Everybody here's been great. Love working with these guys. So. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, growing up in in Kentucky, how's hunting different there than it is here? Uh, I mean. It's it's uh, it's it's a, the regulations are obviously a little different as you would change from state to state, but uh, I would say the passion's pretty similar there. You yeah. know, everybody it's a it's a, a big deer state. People love love deer hunting up there just like they do down here. So yeah, I've got some friends that, that travel up that way every year to hunt. You know, I think people like to hunt across lines and and visit the neighboring counties. It's not uncommon. Absolutely. Speaking of that. There's transport restrictions across state lines too, so make sure you check that check that guide, Absolutely. check that website, and know those restrictions on transporting your your harvest across state lines. So. Absolutely. Yep. Guys, it's been fun. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks for having me, yeah. Jason. It's yep. always fun to have you guys in here, uh, getting everybody up to date on CWD and everything else that's going on. So we appreciate you. It's almost deer season, so yeah. ready to get out there. Yep. Yep. Couple, couple weekends away. That's right. Yep. Right I'm excited corner. about it. So. As long as it'll cool off, we'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, this is uh, Tennessee Wildcast. We thank you for tuning in. Thank you for watching, for listening. Uh, remember, tnwildlife.org is our website. GoOutdoorsTennessee.com is where you can purchase a license. Uh, don't forget the e-store. That's shop.goOutdoorsTennessee.com. That's uh, uh, swag there, hats, cups, and all kinds of fun stuff. So check that out. Uh, I guess that's it. Thank you, Todd, for running the board, making it sound good. We'll see you next time.
Thanks for tuning in. Stay connected with TWRA by visiting our website at tnwildlife.org and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hey, it's all about Tennessee wildlife. It's what we do. Tennessee Wildcast will be on the air again next week. We'll see you then.